1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the dean and founder of Directions University at directionsuniversity.com, the co-founder of the all-new theleveragists.com, and the co-founder of Divizio, the all-new affiliate network for people who are doing good in the world. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys. We have my co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, the Associate Dean at DU, joining us. Hello, Jack. How was your weekend? It was short.
0: It was a long, short weekend. Technically long, but seemed very short. But here we are. This is a good way to start the work week, I guess, with a radio show.
1: (laughs) So usually, at least up north... So Memorial Day weekend signifies that summer is now in full swing. Is it still in full swing up there? Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, it's been uh, it's pretty warm. I went for our walk today and uh, went a lot slower. My tracker was yelling at me that I was below average, but, man, it's hot.
1: Can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than winter, though. That's for darn sure. Well, we have a fantastic guest for everybody today. Jack, I'll let you do the honors of filling everybody in. We have
0: rock star results coach Cassie Eubank, who is on a mission to guide women entrepreneurs to their full potential and live abundant and rewarding lives of contribution and brilliant impact. Cassie guides established and aspiring entrepreneurs to master the mindset and skills to succeed beyond their wildest dreams. Her Train Your Brain for Rockstar Success program gives individuals a place to learn, apply, and practice positive thinking to raise the vibration level of their energy to match the things they want in life, which allows them to get what they want while enjoying peace of mind and an abundance of prosperity. What sets Cassie apart from other coaches is her divine gift for figuring out how to do what may seem impossible and her passion for seeing others to realize their dreams. Having sang in an actual rock band to crowds of 4,000-plus people, producing and hosting her own TV show, hosting three transformational talk radio shows, and publishing four books, Cassie Knows How to Breathe Life into Dreams and Make Them Real. Cassie, welcome.
2: Well, hello. I am so glad to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. Well,
0: we, we try to find rock stars and get them on the show. Apparently, we've got one, so this is good. We're uh, we're we're batting a thousand for the year. <laughs> you know that? how
1: she came to us, don't you? We have a mutual friend, and Heidi Richards Richards Mooney from We Magazine for Women, and oh, Heidi introduced
2: us. Oh, Heidi is so fantastic. Heidi Isn't is she the? So many levels. Oh, she is. I could sing her praises all day
1: long. I could as well, Cassie. I just wanted to say thank you. On the air to Heidi for getting us introduced to one another. Yay, Heidi! <laughs> so go ahead, Jack. I'm um, muting no. up.
0: Now on, now on to more serious thing. What What was the name of your band?
2: It was blonde enough. I was blonde, oh. and the rest of the band was enough. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was going to try we to figure
1: out a crack our...
0: I could make about Blondie or something. <laughs> you won't believe that now because it's past the fact, but I really was getting ready. I was trying, okay, serendipity, coincidences are not coincidences. <laughs> so we like oh. to start out with a, a, little, a little bit of a softball question to get you going every week, and that is what gets you out of bed these days? What's your most exciting thing that you look forward to uh, work-wise, business-wise, uh, and get you out of bed in the morning.
2: Well, what has got me really excited lately is I am putting together a community um, called Transcendent Souls Mega Mastermind Group. And I do love working with people one-on-one and teaching them how to really get that mindset to achieve a lot and to go further. But I find that when we're in a community, and a community that is bound together to really work together and support each other, then we can achieve so much more. So I'm putting together that kind of a place and bringing It's a place to spotlight the members where they can get a, you know, the chance to speak, they get the chance for, to be on a teleconference, to expand their skills and to really shine. And I know from being in a band and seeing other bands, sometimes the bands aren't that you know, good at first, but with a little polishing, and when you give them the opportunity, they become amazing. And that's what I'm doing is I'm putting together this Transcended Souls community. And uh, we're putting the unity back in community and really helping to support each other, both on social media and with each other's dreams and being resources for each other. So that's got me pretty excited.
0: I forgot unity was in community. That's, uh, yes. I uh can look at that word for years on end and forget that that's in there. Well, thanks for reminding us. <laughs>
2: community power is really really
0: incredible isn't it i mean it's uh, you've probably done this before um before now this is just your latest project but you and then you've probably noticed just how much more momentum and power there is in that unity in that um people feel when they feel like they're on a mission with each other they're, in, they're, they're part mm-hmm. of something bigger than themselves, and everybody's going toward the same thing. The support, the momentum, the ability to do exponentially huger things than you could by yourself is all maximized. Is that what you're going for here too?
2: Well, absolutely. To me, in my mind, it, and it has been proven, that it really is all about energy. And when we have an idea that excites us, that's going to be a high-energy feeling. And if we can get other people to support us and keep that energy high, spark that energy, then that is going to take on a life of its own. Instead of people go, oh, why it won't happen, they can say, okay, these are things to be cautioned about. However, these are ways to make it happen. And let me share my resources. And when we're passionate about something and we show people our why, I call it, Make sure you show your why. When you let people know, like I had somebody tell me, I've got, you know, I'm really passionate about finding the proper place for elderly parents to be because my mother, when she went through it, she was stuck in a place, and I found out later that there was neglect. And I'm on a mission to make sure every elderly person is in a caring place And I know that because she shared her why with me, that if anybody is looking, they say, hey, my mom needs a really good place, I'm going to turn them on to this girl because she's so passionate and her why is so strong, and I know she's going to do a good job for them. And, you know, again, part of the whole community is sharing with each other our dreams and being accountable um, having, you know, weekly calls where we can mastermind and say, this is where I am, this is where I want to go, what do you have? And switching those groups often enough to where we do have really great resources from everybody in the group. So, yeah. And it, you said, well, what gets me going? So, I get excited talking about this. <laughs>
0: Well most of our guests are pretty passionate people and uh and successful for a reason and they're going places. We are only a, a rest stop on the super highway that you guys are using to go places. So we give you a little break, let you talk about what's going on and and uh you know kind of get out of that uh race for a second and and touch base. <laughs> so we're happy to be that. We have a candy machine over on the right and the bathrooms are on the left, so you're welcome to just rest here for an hour and uh, talk with us. <laughs> you have
2: a good candy machine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who needs a restroom? So,
0: Yeah, so you know, it's Leverage Masters, right? So we talk about leverage a lot and we talk about um, really lots of different things depending on what the mood of the guest is at the time. So um, in in... You know, leverage discussions, nobody can really get where they're going uh, as quickly as most of our guests do without using some sort of leverage or um, having a completely leveraged business. We could call them a leveragist because they're just so into it. What kinds of leverage do you enjoy employing um, to, say, get this group up and running as fast as possible, getting from point A to point B with the most perfectly straight line as you can? Uh Uh-oh. Did you mute, or did we lose you?
1: Uh Uh-oh, I hope we didn't lose her. I'm going to look. That was my big, fat question. (laughs) I know, and it was a good one, Jack. Let's see if I can find her again.
0: Gina only lets me have, like, three big, fat questions per guest, and that was one, so one-third of them. We'll have to repeat it. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, we're
1: done. Nope, she's not back yet. There she is. Hang on.
2: All the fun stuff Jack of technology, just, right? Jack just asked you the million-dollar question, Cassie, and you missed it. <laughs> well, actually, I think I heard the question. So, what do I use for leverage? Is that the question? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, with me, I feel like leverage starts inside. Inside of me and with me alone, I leverage my emotions because when I'm really passionate about something, when I get, you know, when I use my emotions, when I can see clearly what I want and I get really excited about it, I'm going to be thinking in terms of solutions. And I've got what I call the five principles of prosperity, and I apply them in everything. And it really, in everything that I've done that I've had a huge success, at one point I wanted to do a television show. And less than two and a half months later, I was on Fox 29 for five years. So it's just a matter of, I start with number one, believing anything is possible. Making sure I've got that strong belief system to where I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I know if I take this path, I can make anything that I want happen. And then my next step after that, after having that really strong belief system, is really getting grateful, keeping my vibrational energy high as I continue working on it because... Uh, Even, I believe it was Albert Einstein said, we will attract the things that match our frequency. So if you want a really great life, you've got to vibrate at that high frequency. So I stay in gratitude, I'm grateful for what I've got, and I stay in that positive side, vibrating high to attract the things. The next thing I do is I get really clear on what I want. And that's one of the places a lot of people fall down. They want to feel good, but they don't know what feeling good looks like. They don't know whether that means, well, being healthy, being, you know, toned, being in shape. They don't know whether that means having a lot of money. So, what, and if you want a lot of money, how much and when do you want to buy? So, getting really clear on your goal, like we were talking about the transcended souls, I'm clear down to the fact that every single thing that needs to be done. Day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month is documented out with screenshots of you'll come to the screen, you'll do this, you'll do this. So I can hand this off to anybody, but getting crystal clear on what you want and what your expectations are is going to make it so much easier. And then focusing on solutions. You're going to have challenges all along the way. I identify what those challenges are, but then I move to solution-focused thinking, And lastly, just taking empowered action. Instead of just getting on the hamster wheel, I have step-by-step goals. I plan, I prepare, and I make sure I don't just learn what I need to learn. I apply and practice it until I become good at it. Just like you guys have got this great radio show, I heard this amazing opening, the way you guys hand off to each other. I mean, it's seamless the way that you guys have it because you didn't only learn the business, but you've applied it, you've practiced it. And now you've got this amazing radio show because you've taken that full circle. And so that is how I leverage things in life, is just by making sure I go through those five steps and anything I learn I apply in practice to where it does become seamless and I can push that aside and do that unconsciously and move on to the next task I have to learn. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. One of the most important things that I picked up on there for me uh, because I see clients and I see people that I, I help all the time over all these years, and I've even gotten wrapped up. I think it's just a, a thing that people have to learn about themselves. Is I've found people who needed help, and they came to me in a doing situation. They were already doing something. They were already doing the how-to part of something without having that really clear vision of where they were going in the first place. And so I found that the reason that they needed my help is because they didn't have that why figured out mm-hmm. <laughs> right and that, that right. really clear it's amazing how because it seems like when you just stop everybody you know and just say look what would be what would make the most sense would you figure out where you're going before you get on the road And, you know, and then you can look at the map and actually determine because you've got actual points on the map to look for and then navigate. Or would it be more, should you just get on the road and go for it? Just turn right or left and let's just go. I mean, I kind of want to go to Wisconsin, but let's just see how this goes. And everybody would answer (laughs) the latter, the former. And, you know, but, but that's not where we find people, the state that they're in and the businesses when they come to us for help quite often is they're in the doing stage. And I'm like, what are you doing this for? Well, how do you handle that with clients when you're working with them?
2: Well, again, I go back to step number one. I find a lot of times the reason that the people aren't clear on what they want is they they don't believe they can actually have what they really want. So they're basically settling for, well, okay, this will get me enough money to get by. This will serve my needs for now. Although it's not my passion, it's not my goal, because you know what? Opening a cupcake store, I don't know anything about that. And I've dreamed of it my whole life, but how could I ever get a loan? I don't know finances. And they think in terms of limitations instead of possibilities. So if they thought, well, you know what? You really want a cupcake store? You know, I bet you could do it. Take some night classes. This is what you need to learn. Start by doing this, this, and this. And getting in a supportive environment like I'm creating with Transcendent Souls where somebody says, I know a loan officer. I know somebody who can help you put together a business plan. I know a place that you can do a startup and just bake cupcakes for catering. So if you get into the rights, if you believe you can do it and you're with the right kinds of people that are going to support you and help you and give you that unity that you need to grow, then yes, you're going to be get really passionate and they're going to get really clear. They're going to go, no, 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 no. I know exactly what kind of cupcakes I want because that's something that they can get behind. They'll spend their time thinking about it. A lot of times people don't spend their time thinking about work because when it's over, they're just glad it's over. And they don't have yeah. a direction. You're right. It,
0: it, and I mean, it's not really a forced issue, right? If you really wanted the cupcake thing, like people who have had that and succeeded at it, there's there's obviously a missing ingredient in this example. There's people who have looked at this uh, thing that they want to do uh, and just nailed it. I mean, you couldn't stop them. They're like a freight train going down the track. And then there's other people who want something and they seem very passionate in the wanting of it, but they don't seem to make any progress down the track. They just – they just keep in. The, they just stay in the state of wanting something, and and um, and then saying things because things are expected to be said when somebody asks them how it's going. So they start saying things like, "Well, I haven't had enough time," or "I haven't," you know. And they don't really. You can tell sometimes when people don't even believe what they're saying out of their own mouths, you know. Like they're just <laughs> doing the the thing they're expected to do, and and, and it's like here's all the reasons I'm going to tell you why this hasn't happened yet. But you know, an experienced listener will go. You haven't said the the actual reason that you're not doing it yet, right? And we both know that, but nope. I'm not going to bring it up because socially it will be uncomfortable. So we'll just, you know, nod and exchange business cards and go our separate ways. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, kind and of the, becomes, the way life it's is? It's
2: true. It's true people nod. And then we just go, okay, well, and we let them off the hook. We don't press them because we don't want to make them uncomfortable. But the truth of the matter is their why simply isn't big enough. Their reason, they might want something, and wanting might be enough, but they don't want to take all the actions and do the works, work to actually see it realized. And that can be for a number of reasons. Sometimes it's simply that you know, they're comfortable in the life that they have. It means that they're going to have to work harder and give up time with, you know, their husband or their spouse or their wife, and they don't want to spend that time. So there can be a lot of little reasons why they aren't motivated to do it. Their why isn't big enough. But if their husband or their wife lost their job and a means of income, their why might increase at that time. Well, listen, now I need to get something second going on and make this really work. And their Mm -hmm. why might be sparked. So um, I know that in, when I do talk sometimes, I talk about Joe, and he's this guy who weighs you know, 300 pounds, and he knows he should lose weight, but he comes home from work, and he's stressed out, and he's going to have that cake. And I don't mean a slice of cake. I mean the whole cake. He takes the whole thing hmm. from the fridge, and he grabs the fork, and he thinks, you know, I really should cut back but. I have got, I've had a really long day and I'm stressed out. So he sits down in front of the TV and wiggles into the chair and as he settles into the chair and it's getting smaller and smaller on him, this chair that seems to be shrinking, he says, you know what, I really should hit the gym, but people are going to be laughing at me. And his butts are so big. So you've got to ask people, how big is your butt? But as Joe is sitting there, he all of a sudden feels something and he blinks once and he blinks twice. And when he opens his eyes, he's in a hospital room and he's got tubes around him. And the doctor says, Joe, you're a lucky man. You just survived a heart attack. But if you don't lose 100 pounds in the next year, you might not see next year. Well, all of a sudden, Joe's butt gets smaller and his Y gets bigger. Why should he stop eating the whole cake? Because if he doesn't, he might not live to see next year. Why should he go to the gym and not really care if anybody laughs at him? Because he wants to see next year. So Joe's Y just got bigger and his butt just got smaller. And it's just a matter of thinking. And it's how people think. Like they might think, I should go to the gym, but I say stop thinking and start doing. As soon as you say, I should go to the gym, just do it. Put on your shoes and do it. Stop talking yourself out of it and we do i should do you know it'd be really great to clean up but i'm so comfortable right now and i'll do it a commercial (laughs) yeah i know because these are things i tell myself at times and i have to say okay is this really important do i really need to get this done or not but if people would get in the habit and we're in the habit of not doing things that way So we have to create a new habit. And, again, it's not enough to know, okay, when I think I should go to the gym, just get up and go. We have to apply and practice that. So if we say, okay, just for this next week when I say I should go to the gym, I'm not going to think of anything else. I'm just going to go and do it just for a week. If we would do that for a week, it would become the easier way. We would just start thinking that way. But we don't take the time to train our brains for rock star success which is part of the online program that I do every three months, Train Your Brain for Rockstar Success. It's not enough to know. We have to apply and practice these things until they become second nature because the habits are going to create excellence in what we do. And when we do get to that point where we just start doing the things that we need to do and we take empowered action, not just, lame action where we're like okay well I think I need to do the dishes now instead of working because we work at home or we find any excuse to yeah now I think it's you know I'd rather go clean the dog pen than really do what I need to do all my business people don't take empowered action they aren't disciplined because their why isn't strong enough and because they haven't trained their mind to think in terms of, okay, this is my working time. I'm just going to do what I need to do as if I were in an office. And all of these little things lead to it. We've just, we're programmed to postpone and put things off. Why do yeah. today what you can put off until tomorrow and somebody else might do it or it might not need being done and then score? Look at how smart I was not doing it. <laughs> so yeah. we talk ourselves yeah. into believing that's the better way. <laughs>
0: That was the best double entendre story I've ever heard. Joe's big 300-pound <laughs> butt and Joe's big butt right there together. I was just like, which butt is she talking about now? This is awesome. So that and That's you know, I, I feel story. like I can, yeah. So I feel like I can tell, I can ask you, uh, we can go deeper here just because of your bio and what you've been saying today, and you can handle it. Uh, probably way, way better than me. You've got this down. So I'm kind of on a mission to come up with some more impactful ways to get people to really understand that we're here for literally just five seconds. That's really, in an eternal landscape, this little tiny life of 80 to 100 years is just nothing, literally nothing. And everybody knows it because they say it. They say it. Wow, time sure flies. You sure have grown up. I can't believe you're 18 now. I can't believe you're leaving the house. I can't believe I'm leaving the house. I can't believe I'm in a nursing home. And, <laughs> you know, it's like what, when you told the cake story, I was like, there are people I know who treat life like the cake, and they can't wait to get home to eat the whole cake, but that is to get home to work on their business, and life is the cake they want to eat. And I'm like, there's got to be a way that we can keep coming up with really cool ways. And you come up with them. I can tell all the time to be very <laughs> impactful with people. One of the reasons I believe personally that people get into these little cycles of denial and procrastination and all of that is that they're believing in some sort of an illusion. And it is truly an illusion. They will think and convince themselves that it's life. And I, I come home and I'm stressed out. I should be good to myself. I, I, I want to you know, relax. I've earned it. Um, and life has a certain set of rules for me outside of which I cannot venture. I can't go beyond this. I can't go beyond that. I've been programmed since practically birth to believe that this is my place in life. And then maybe I expanded a little in college. I smoked something funny. and and had deep discussions, and I realized, well, I can push my boundary out this far, but no further than that, because you get a job. And in that job, they tell you what you can and cannot do. The world just keeps telling people what they can and cannot do, and what people need to understand, I believe, is that it's all an illusion. These are all just suggestions at the very strongest that they can possibly be stated. They're only merely suggestions. I mean, it's not like break the law and go twice the speed limit, or, things like that but other things culturally and uh you know when you mix in religions and everything like that you know those are suggestions and they're to be taken under advisement by you this is your show you've got one little tiny shot here in this lifetime to do as much and as great of things as you want to do and every single day every single minute that goes by and i know people like gary vee and people like that feel this way i know you feel this way Every minute that goes by, you're counting that stuff. That counts. I can't hide it under a layer of cake, you know, anymore. Once you're out, once that Pandora's box is open, you can't ever go back. You are, you are cognizant of every single minute, day, month, week, year that goes by, and you never let it go. Is, is, is that the train you want to get everybody on when they come into your sphere of influence, is something like that?
2: Well, the whole thing is people living in the now and realizing the idea is to be happy right now, which is why my group is part business education, but also a lot social because it's connections of the heart. And yes, you've only got this moment and feeling good now. And when it comes to believing in things, you're absolutely right. We simply, we either People will give us labels or tell us things, and we accept it or we don't accept it. And I was very fortunate when I was eight years old to be going to a private school. And at eight years old, I was the I was the goody-two-shoes of the world. I would run around, you know, taking, oh, do you got groceries? Let me help you take them in, Mrs. Flores. I would clean the house. I would do everything to make people happy. I was that girl. And when they told me at this private school that I needed to run around telling people that they need to accept Jesus in their heart or they're going to go to hell. And this is what I was told. And as a little girl, I believed it. Because, again, look who was telling me. This was an authority figure. This was a teacher figure. This was somebody I'm supposed to believe. So whoever tells us. If my brother tells me something, I don't believe it as much as a teacher tells me. So when the teacher told me I had to run around saving souls, otherwise these people I cared about were going to perish in eternal flames, I ran around door to door, knocking on doors, please come with me to heaven. It's going to be beautiful there. There will be <laughs> butter. there will be gold, we will fly, it will be wonderful. You know, just all you have to do, I'll do this prayer with you. And I ran around doing this. Because I believed what I was told. So with that, when I was called to the dean's office, I was so excited because I realized they must have found out about my great works. And I was going to be (laughs) recognized, and that's not why I did it, but that's so cool. So I walk in smiling, and he looks down at me with a red face and points his finger at my face. And he says, young lady, who do you think you are? And at that point, I realized I don't think I'm going to get that recognition that I thought I was going to get. This looks like something else. And from that popping vein in his forehead and the red face, I knew I was in trouble for something. And then he told me I was nothing more than a common harlot because my skirt was more than two inches above my knee. Now, I didn't know what it was, but I knew it wasn't good. And I ran home and looked it up, and I broke out sobbing. Now, I knew it wasn't true, because clearly, I, I, I was eight years old, but it still felt wrong, and it felt like some, I felt like, OK, there must be something wrong about me or broken about me, but I know that I don't believe what he's saying. This isn't true. This, I mean, it simply is not true. So it allowed me to question authority and realize that these are just other people's opinions. And it doesn't have to be true for me. And when I wanted to do my TV show and people are like, you don't know anything about a TV show. I said, I know. That's what's going to be so cool about it. I get to learn. And then I wouldn't talk to them until I had my TV show launched. But I just, you know, <laughs> I just realized that's just your opinion. It's okay. I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to accept that label. I'm not going to accept those things. And when people realize you can create your own world, and it starts through imagination and believing you can. And if you can believe you can, and there are some people that stay there because they say this is really great and it's happening here and it feels good, but I don't believe I can make it happening. I say that they just need to think in terms of opportunities. What if you could make it happen? What would be your next step? And pretend is your friend. So when people get stuck, okay, well if you were to have more time, what would you do with that time? Or if you did, you know, if this became something really important, where would you cut other areas to make that time? Let's just pretend that you had time. What would you do? So take away their excuse, well, I could do this, this, and this. And when they have a clear path, a lot of times people don't get excited because they have this big dream and they see that big picture, but they don't know how to get there. They don't know how to take those steps they don't know how to get the education so those doubts get in the way if they had a clear path and you can get a clearer path when you pretend okay let's pretend that you knew somebody with the loan how would you you know that could give you a loan that there was a bank um what would you do well, hey woman owned status okay great you can go for that okay you're a minority you're an indian you can go for that that could help you out um, do you know somebody who could do a business plan in exchange for your services so it 's a matter of creative thinking and when people pretend they they 're not afraid of failing, so they 'll come up with better ideas they 're not afraid of sounding yeah. stupid so they they go to places that they normally wouldn't so I like pretend as your friend
0: i like I like that too because you just talked about the barrier that that we throw up, uh, you know, or we feel like somebody else is thrown up in front of us. I need money to do this. I'm going to need a loan to get started or whatever the barrier is. There's a barrier there. And up until that point, you, you were starting to dream. You were starting p- to pretend. But you let that barrier right there just shut it all down. And without the momentum that was going to create something, that was going to make something happen, that, that continued pretending, you know, when you mm-hmm. let people – off the hook for that. When you tell them, "Here, I'm opening a door. You can walk through this barrier." Now, what were you saying? That just that's mm-hmm. an that's an amazingly powerful technique. I think uh, you know that's a you must be a psychiatrist as well because the, the visualization <laughs> and everything is really actually quite powerful. I'm going to steal that. Well,
2: it is because that will motivate them when they can clearly see. Okay, I, I don't have the money, but what if I could get to the money? Let's just pretend like you had that taken care of. What will we do next? Oh, wow, then I would do this. They get excited. Their vibrational energy increases, and they're more likely to attract the people that will be able to bring them the money or do whatever it is that they need. They're going to be focusing on solutions. I call it solution-focused thinking. Instead of don't stick with, okay, that's a problem, we can address it later. Okay, It's just a challenge, and it's an opportunity for you to grow and learn more about finances and how you can handle that. Or find a good partner who knows more about that than you do, that you don't have to worry about that moving forward.
0: Yeah. And you're living proof. I mean, we get lots and lots of proof, um, you know, regularly. I I don't know how typically the human mind works in, in every single situation when they see somebody who's doing something very similar to what they wanted to, but then they let that barrier stop them. Like And it wasn't mm-hmm. even a barrier. It doesn't even exist, actually. It's just a thing. It's an idea. It's a thought. It's a poof.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: But, you know, when, when, when people see someone like you who says, yes, I can have a TV show, I will. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest concern for you right there personally before anybody tried to impose their belief about whether or not you could pull it off? What was your concern about that? I want to do this. I'm going to do this. But I don't know... Like what were what were your concerns? How did you blow through them?
2: My biggest concern was finance um, because I wasn't I didn't know finances. I was you know very young at the time, and I thought, well, okay, let me learn how to keep my costs down. And one of my biggest challenges turned into a, one of the greatest opportunities. I had hired a cameraman and pretty much spent all of my money on the pilot so I could get approval because this was airing on not just it was on Comcast and Adelphia and uh, one other cable channel, but it was also on Fox 29. So we're here on Fox, a major network, you know, and I needed them to pick me up to give me the credibility I wanted. So I spent all this money on a cameraman, and he was just, he had this, art. oh, we're going to do this, this, and this. He shot everything in such low light that none of the footage after three days of shooting was usable. And, you know, that's having people go out and having locations set up and, you know, just all of this, you know. And I said, you know what, Uh, then I'm going to have to take out a, you know, I'll put it on my credit card. And I didn't like to do that, but I bought a professional camera. And I just got down to where when I went to edit... I would do a lot of my own editing myself on the computer, and I would say, okay, I want you to put, here are my commercials. Here's, you know, two and a half minutes worth of commercials. I did my own editing of those. You're going to drop those in here. We're going to drop this three-minute video in here. Now, if you scroll up on this tape to, you know, 12 minutes, 42 seconds, we're going to go from there to 13, you know, 14, and drop that. So I knew second to second I had a completely clear picture I mean, I could tell you ahead of time, frame to frame, what was going to happen on that TV show. And because of that, I would go in, and I could edit my show in under four hours. And when people would go in to do a th- – and that's a half-hour TV show. With a 30-second car ad, they were spending three and four days to nail it down. Huh. But, I, but um, the difference being, I knew exactly what I wanted. So I was in and out, and that allowed me to keep my costs down, which allowed me to keep it on air, because it was a show on, you know, it was called Homegrown Music, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly of Local Music, and although I had some major acts like Collective Soul and Matchbox 20 and, you know, some of the other people like that came on on the show, um, and I got to interview a lot of great people, Doobie Brothers, Kansas, um, it was based on local music. So... It wasn't really a high-end TV show where you could get high-end sponsors. So the other thing I did to raise money was I would shoot my own commercials. I would go in and say, okay, you can get a commercial. It's going to cost you this much to air. I'll shoot it for free, and I would script it out. I, we would come in, do the filming. I would do the editing of the commercials, get their okay, and then I'd have to invoice and pick up the money. And um, so I found a way to finance my TV show. Wow. fun.
0: It's, it is really neat. I love that was a really good example of, of how someone might look at a, 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 a litany of blocks, really. I mean, you had like some serious little hiccups there <laughs> that I've, I've watched people crumble under a lot less pressure, right, under a, a lot less, um, you know, uh, barricades to their success, <laughs> and you just kept pushing through. You owned it. I liked when you started editing and knowing every second, every frame of your show because you, you realized that you weren't powerless in that regard at all. I could, take, mm-hmm. I could take this thing over, and I could start doing it myself. I'll just keep on going. I mean, it's almost, you're, you sounded almost like a Will Smith movie there for a second. Really, <laughs> you know, the, the, the way that you just persevered and kept on going. It shouldn't be as remarkable as it is. It really shouldn't. I shouldn't I mean that's just it's 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 amazing to me how um precious those stories are and they shouldn't be so precious. It should be just much more commonplace. But congratulations on yours. Well, <laughs> because thank that's you. Really it awesome. it
2: was it was wonderful. I had a great five years with it. It was absolutely fantastic. And then my son decided he wanted to go to college, so I had to uh <laughs> I was like, okay, well, oh, to find something that's a little bit more lucrative here. Um, but it had served its time. It served its function and I had been playing in a rock band at the time, so I got to open for a lot of famous bands because it was like, hey, let us open for you and I'll put you on my TV show. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, It worked out well
0: (laughs) Well I mean that is actually Something we teach here all the time It's like you guys shouldn't just always try To be on other people's podcasts If you really want to meet some cool people It's amazing the level and quality Of guests that you can get When you have your own podcast And that is even if you have 200 listeners Or less even (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. Uh, It's amazing the power of a podcast To get people to come on It's so easy for people to do that Right? It's so easy yeah. for them. All they got to do is talk. It's kind of a little bit of a stroke to your ego, you know. They're asking you questions. They're propping you up and making you the star. And It's not hard to accept someone's invitation to be on a podcast. Most people don't know that. They always assume things like, well, I mean, that. look who's been on there before. My God, I'm not going to get on this show. There's no way. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, you haven't even asked the question that person doesn't even know you exist still because you, you just shot yourself down. You argued yourself out of that.
2: <laughs> and so you know what? That yeah. brings up such an amazing point. Talk, talk, ask, 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 ask ask about it. You never know what's going to happen if you don't ask. And so many amazing things. I wrote a little book called Diary of an Ugly Sweater. And this little book um, I I wound up coming down with mono and the doctor said okay you can't work and I don't know how to just lay there and do nothing. So I just I was invited to an ugly sweater party and I thought well this sweaters aren't ugly that's so mean calling them ugly how do you think these four sweaters feel and my five-year-old imagination went off and i started writing this book diary of an ugly sweater and this book has garnered 36 five-star reviews on amazon it's less than a year old and at one point i wanted to you know i wanted to connect with bob berg and I knew he was going to a meeting, and we had talked on Facebook. He's an amazing man. I mean, he's just so generous and open with his time. He is—he lives the go-giver life. He is the New York Times bestselling author. He and John David Mann have co-authored several books, and he's been on the bestselling author. And I said, you know, these are the kind of people that I want in my circle. He's just such an amazing guy. And not and so to interrupt, to conference. But Bob Berg's been on our show, too. Awesome. Well, I am one of his number one fans. I cannot say enough great things about Bob. He's amazing, and he had been on my radar, and I knew he had written the you know books. And I said, look, let me just go and give him a copy of my book, and you know, kind of put that out there. If I hadn't done that, he wouldn't have read my book. And he said, I fell in love with the book, and he wrote me this review. He goes, if you go to reprint, you can put this on your cover. Now, had I not asked, had I not, you know, I'm like, oh, everybody all probably does that. I could have easily talked myself out of that. So if you say it would be really cool to do something, stop thinking, start doing. Just do it. You're right. It would be cool. Just offer it to him. If he doesn't want it, he can give it to somebody else or donate it. But, you know, being generous of heart that Bob is, he read the book. He loved it. And I didn't even have to ask. He offered me, you know, here. Feel free to use this the next time you reprint. Um, but if you don't ask people, if you don't share your dream, if you have a dream and you don't share it with anybody, if you don't say, yeah, I'd love to you know, do wedding cakes and cupcakes, and somebody might not say, hey, my niece is getting married and she's looking for somebody. Why don't you do that? That could give you some extra money, and you can do cakes on the side. to start. Or I know somebody who's in the wedding cake business and they need some help. So unless you start talking and asking people, you're not going to get the results that you want to get. Share your dreams. Share it with everybody like we did when we were kids. We tell everybody. It didn't matter. I'm going to be a baseball player. I'm going to be a big rock star. We weren't afraid to dream big and tell the world. I don't know when that stopped.
0: When the world told us and we believed that that should stop is precisely when it did.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean. Which is why you pretend is your friend. You know, you can go back to being that yeah. kid again and pretend like anything's possible. And if you're pretending, well, I'm not being realistic here. I'm just pretending. You're off the hook. It lets you off the hook subconsciously. And you get to be yeah. as unrealistic as you want to when you pretend. You know,
0: you exposed a giant leverage hack. In that, uh, or or what something that you said just finally triggered me, and and you know I, the whole time that I've done internet marketing, 18 years now, <laughs> uh, I've always gone in the other direction. I've always looked at where people were going, where the crowds were going, and I went the other way with products and and um, the way people were selling and the way because I never wanted to do in-your-face competition with anybody. I wanted to be I also wanted to be a trailblazer. I didn't ever want to be a me too. Those were some of the guidelines and rules I had for myself and it worked out really well. I discovered yeah. that when you go the other way, when everybody seems to be thinking and saying and doing and creating the same kind of stuff, it's a brilliant opportunity. So when people if you if you hear enough that People mostly do this, and people mostly do that, and on this show, people hear an awful lot about what the difference between the, the few, the successful, and everybody else, and how people generally think. If you start to believe that that's true, or give us a give us a, a minute, and put down what you do believe about it, and just think about it for a second, if it's even remotely as bad as it sounds, that people generally talk themselves out of success. They don't pretend enough. They don't ask questions enough, they don't go put themselves out there enough, that's a leverage hack. That's an opportunity. If you understand that, if you know that that's true, if you can make yourself believe and just keep listening to Leverage Masters, you'll keep hearing remarkable people that you don't normally run into. You certainly don't run into them at Walmart or anywhere else, and, <laughs> and they're different, and they are a tiny minority. Well, if only a tiny minority of people are out there willing to risk and willing to put Questions out there and willing to tell anybody what they're up to. If only a tiny fraction of them are doing that, is that competition? That's not competition at all. If most people are willing to believe that the bubble that they're in is the you know the limiting factor, and they well I'm not. If all of those people are not asking for radio shows, if they're not asking for uh, testimonials for their books, if they're not asking for all of this stuff because they're scared or whatever we outlined in, in the show thus far then there's hardly anybody asking. So why should we be surprised when Bob or, um, you know, when the really big things happen for us, like, it's like, wow, that's really amazing. It didn't seem like somebody like that would have the time. Well, he's got a lot more time than you think, because hardly anybody's asking him anything. Everybody assumes Mm -hmm. he's too busy. He's too successful. He'll never have the time for me. If everybody assumes that, you can Mm -hmm. just walk in the front door. That's amazing. Exactly. A tech.
2: Exactly, it is, <laughs> and people don't understand that. A lot of times, the most popular person in the room is never asked out, because people think, okay, they're always being asked out. You might have a keynote speaker, Les Brown, coming in, and he's like, hey, I'm in a room full of a thousand people. I just gave this great speech, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, he's too busy. He's too busy. They don't even ask him out. You know, hey, let's go grab something to eat for dinner. You know, I don't want to impose on Les Brown. And he's thinking, hey, how come nobody's asking me out to dinner? I'm supposed to be a big shot. What's going on? (laughs) You know, so we don't know how people will react. All we can do is focus on, hey, you know, and basically somebody had told me one time, expectations are the heart of all disappointment. And I said, I disagree completely. I think you should have amazing expectations. If you're like, hey, it would be so great, and you have great expectations, you're going to be vibrating high, your energy is going to be high, people are attracted to that, and they want to help people who are really excited about what they're doing. It's just when you have a hold on the outcome, when you are so fixated on this is the outcome, you might not get what you are expecting, But that generally means there's something better coming if you keep your eyes open and go, okay, cool, what is it then? Instead of focusing on what you're considering now a disappointment. So I believe in very high expectations. And I also believe, you know, just don't hold on to that outcome. Be open to there being a better outcome that you didn't ask for. So when you're asking for something, ask for, you know, XYZ or better. I want yeah. that I want that job and I want them to pay me, you know, I want them to pay me 200,000 a year or better. Be open to the or better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh Gary V came on last week and said, you know, he he amended his thing. Everybody in the world who knows him knows he wants to buy the Jets. That's his big thing. He just wants to own the Jets. Uh-huh. He's always <laughs> said that from Wine Library TV forward. He's always said that. And one would be forgiven for thinking that He is not going to be satisfied with his life at all if he does not achieve that outcome. But he said something different last week, and it was, it's not that I need to own the Jets. I need to want to own the Jets. And he clarified Mm -hmm. something and just knocked me on my butt. I was like, that's, that's the thing. It's not that he's going to be horribly disappointed if he doesn't get, you know, a couple billion dollars together to buy the Jets. It's that he wants to want to own the Jets, and that, what, that's part of what drives him. Wow, what a wonderful mm-hmm. thing. And he was in the middle of a rant, and I wondered how many percentage-wise people who were listening even picked up on that, because that was really actually the biggest and most important thing I thought he said. But it, it, it's but true.
2: You, know I mean, what? you have to expect. It's, and it's, it, he knows how to leverage that for him, but a lot of people leverage that against themselves. They're happy with just wanting. They don't really want to do the work. They don't mm. really care if it happens. They're just happy with the wanting. True, and good point. They're happy daydreaming, and that will. And again, that's when their why isn't strong enough. Well, why do you want that? If it feels good enough daydreaming about it. Doesn't really matter if I have it or not. You know, I might want a bigger house, and I daydream about it, and that's really great. But until something happens where my mom needs to move in with me, and I need a bigger. You know, I need my, you know, my why to get bigger to motivate me to do something about it. So a lot of people get stuck in the want. So yeah. it's a great leverage motivator if you have that mindset, you know, to where, yeah, I want it. I want it. I'm working towards it. And, you know, people who love to work towards a goal, that's fantastic. Um, but some people just get stuck in the wanting too.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 you know, on my own personal journey, it's been um, a challenge at times living where I already want to be, already living there in my mind and mm-hmm. my actions. And, the, you know, I, I try to do an exercise um, or I did an exercise in the Leverage Black Book where I had people uh, think about what they're going to be doing this time next year. If all of the things that they have on their list of things that they need to accomplish between now and, and 12 months from now have been accomplished, what will your life look like? And I had people visualize what podcasts would you be listening to that you think right now that you're not, you don't deserve to listen to Joe Polish and stuff like that because they talk about such incredibly high-achieving success that it doesn't even match what you feel about yourself right now. Why listen to something like that? These are all just millionaires. you know. They talk about $250, mm-hmm. $250,000 like it's $25. doesn't match me. And then I started trying to get people to think about – why don't you just be the person you're, you know you're going to be if you get all these goals accomplished in the next 12 months? Why don't you be that person now? Just be it now. Be that person now and, and subscribe to that podcast you don't think you have any business listening to or do the things and the actions and go the places and you know, wear the things and look the part and all of that stuff right now because you know you're going to be that person you know, anyway. Why not just t- and- jump at a time machine and do it today?
2: That is brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. And it's something that I do with um, some of my one-on-one coaching clients is we create an ultra ego. What does that person look like in a year? You know, create who they are. How confident are they? What's their self-esteem? Ooh, that's like? good. What have they accomplished? So we're going to go through and we're going to go through the timeline. Okay, feel that accomplishment. Feel it. Lock that feeling in. Feel that self-worth. You're valued. You found somebody you really care about. Feel that value. You're going on date night. Feel that value. Lock in that self-love. Lock that all in. Now, tell me about the person you are and, you know, create that alternate ego and have them be able to step into it. So if you aren't feeling confident walking into a room or you're like, okay, I'm, not, I'm listening to this podcast, but I'm vibrating at a different frequency, get into the mindset of future you in that alter ego of future you and step into it. And you're absolutely right. Visualizing that future person is going to make such a difference. And um, I like to take them through the whole timeline so they can experience their victories and really get that sense of who that person is when we do it. Yeah. And it's just, it's really, its that's a powerful tool that you're helping people with. So, um, yeah, well, people, absolutely. People- People get to –
0: there's a lot of things on the list that people don't take the time. When you slow them down and allow them to take the time to really think about what the minutia of a day would be, the daily life of your life a year from now, have you, uh, have you accomplished all of those things that you've got on your list of things to do. There's a lot of things on that list that don't that, – that there's nothing preventing you from doing them now. A lot of people are like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't have the money to do that because I'm not there yet. And then they stop right there. There's one of those big blocks. They just stop right there. So I can't dream about the 99% of the other things that are on the list, the way I walk, the way I talk, the way I feel, how much more I smile every day, how all of these free things that you can be today that don't have anything to do with the money stuff that's holding you up. I think – I mean, I've tripped up on that before. I, I imagine that's got to be a fairly common thing. If I can't be the whole person right now, I don't want to be any other person right now, which is kind of a two-year-old having a temper tantrum inside, you know, <laughs> turning purple, and I want everything now, or I don't want anything, you know? It's interesting. Well, and we do have really. that
2: part of our stuff that we wrestle with, you know, in every aspect of our life I want the M&M's right now even though it's right before dinner we do have these well I'm an adult I'm allowed to so um, (laughs) we do have these voices in our head that will pretty much allow us to talk you know to be talked into whatever we want to do and you know you're right we have that inner child that you know just says hey I want it all now and if I can't have it now then why bother but it's you know it's that's just kind of part of the journey. If you if you imagine that person, you know, it could be you imagine that person, you're like, well, that person has got too many responsibilities. You don't really want to be that person. Then maybe it's time to choose a different path, you know, one that doesn't require yeah. so many hours of work, one that you're a little bit more free, you know, maybe something where you're franchising things out so that you're not doing all the work. But, again, visualization is really great for clarifying too. A lot of times people get stuck because they say oh I want to do this and it sounds really great in theory but they know deep down that's not the life they want to live you know yeah. they they either need more security so they can't really have the artist life because that would eat them up inside they're not just you know it sounds beautiful but that's a great dream to dream about not something that they would really want to do so you know future self exercises are very powerful for a lot of reasons it can make people realize they aren't on the path that they want to be on and it can get people really excited because they realize it is the path and forget about all the other stuff if you are doing all the other things right you know eventually somebody's going to believe in you and bob berg his book the go giver is a brilliant brilliant masterpiece that it you know, really puts that out there with okay this guy wanted something but he didn't know how to get it and when he was doing all the right things in the right way everything fell into place and it will it really yeah. will
0: i like that you put that in there i mean it it just validates the truth of what you're saying to put the negative in there too you may find if you get into granular visualization instead of the boat and the house and the boat even has a house it's called a boathouse and i'm going to be there and that's what i'm going to have a boat and a house that's not even mm-hmm. i mean you know a two-year-old could do a better job of visualizing than that if you <laughs> if you look at all the granularity in that how did you get the boat how did you get the house how much money did you have to do and if your plan requires too much of your soul to get that accomplished the boat and the house starts to change color to a color you don't like on a lake you didn't mm-hmm. even want to go to, and, and your dream starts to change. It's helpful in both directions, right? I think that's brilliant. Exactly. And it has to be true because it feels good going in both directions. It feels gut-wise like, yeah, I can buy that. Because we all know we've yeah. been through stuff like that before.
2: Mm-hmm. You get to the end and you're going, this isn't what I thought it would be because you didn't think it through all the way. Um, and you just stay well, we focused. Just and that's okay the, because... You've learned a lot along the way that will take you into your next experience. So it's never a lost experience. Um, Just just time to change fast.
0: (laughs) Speaking of coming to the end and realizing that you guys had no idea it was going to be this badass of a show today, we're (laughs) at the end. So we need to find out where we can find you, get into your sphere of influence, find out how we can get involved with you and learn more from you. Where can we do that?
2: Well, my website is a great place to start. It's www.cassi-c a s C-A-S-S-I, Eubank, E-U-B-A-N-K.com. And I've got a really cute little success personality quiz. It's like five questions in it tells you about your success personality and all the good things about you and things that, you know, you might want to look at. So that's a fun little quiz that's on there. And I do have some free meditations on there as well. Or join me on Facebook. Um, you can find me under Cassie Eubank, um, again, spelled the same way, or under Transcended Souls.
0: Awesome. Free. I'm a, a, a meditation addict. I love finding new stuff and i just i've even thought about doing them myself are these your meditations or were they pr- produced by someone else or how did the, how, how do they now, work
2: these are my meditations and uh, there should be a page that has a free meditation on it we're just reworking the site now to add everything with the transcended soul membership group so um with that i wow, think it's cool. still there but no these are mine i i am a hypnotist, and what I believe in doing with any of my meditations are adding those hypnosis deepeners so that people can really open up the subconscious mind and allow in all the good ideas and suggestions that we put in here. And so I do record all of mine. I do the background music and some of them have got wow. um, the binarial sounds in there to really, you know, get your DNA, you know, recirculating in your energy right while you're listening. So some of them have got the theta sounds and I've got background sounds and my voice and use my hypnosis training to make sure that you're really getting these wonderful messages.
0: Well, Cassie, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been way more wonderful than I even thought it was going to be. Um, what a great what a great show. Thank you so much for taking the
2: time. Well, it has been my pleasure. I really appreciate being your guest. And you both have been wonderful hosts host and hostesses. So um, thank you so much. I really appreciate you both. And thanks for all your great work in teaching everybody how to leverage their life to have the best life possible.
1: Thanks, Cassie and we'll be back next week same time same place for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a great week everybody.
0: Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters and don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.